Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Uh, so we're excited about the series. We're wrapping it up today. We're going to look at a topic when we think about the series and, and dealing with uh, the family and the, the circus that is family, the circus that is life, however you want to say that. We talked about, um, first of all, family essentials, just how to manage your family, the three-ring circus. The second week, we talked about marriage, the marriage dynamic within the family, the main attraction. Last week, we talked about parenting without a net. You know, there really is no plan B. It is the Bible. There doesn't need to be a plan B when you have the Bible for anything in life. Amen. So following the word of God is the best, safest way to parent, live, marriage, everything. So that is our, that is our uh, playbook, if you will. That's our instruction manual. And today, so I think the next thing that we need to address when we're talking about families is really relationships and relationship within the family, but outside the family, because relationships can make you or break you. And so I entitled my message today, The Sideshow. And <laughs> some of you think, absolutely, you just described all my husband's friends or right, that kind of thing. And so, uh, but it is something that's extremely important in our life. I don't know that we take enough time and attention to it. So I'm asking you to open up your heart to receive um, some word out of the scripture on, you know, relationships and what that'll mean for you every time we send into the word is there'll be some decisions that we need to make. But understand, always getting life in line with the word is the best course. And there's grace there to do that. And it'll help you find the courage and the, and the ability to do that. So we're going to talk about the sideshow or your relationships that'll make you or break you. Let me give you the first two uh, foundational scriptures. Just I want them in you. I want, you should have these memorized hopefully by now. It takes wisdom or the ability to discern what's true and right to have a good family. And it takes understanding or the positioning or power to do what you comprehend to make it strong. We all want good, strong families. And so to understand this scripture, we needed to go to Proverbs 9 real quick. It says this, the fear of the Lord or the respect and honor of God is the beginning of wisdom or the beginning of being able to discern what is true and right. And knowledge of the Holy One or God is understanding or power to do what you comprehend. And so basically we need some divine help. It is something we have got to have help on. And that's why Jesus came and that's why we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so you will not have relationships like you should without engaging them through biblical principles and the person and power of the Holy Spirit. So we need divine help to achieve the best of everything in life and God set it up that way. In the area of relationships, this is extremely important because they will make you or break you. Your relationships shape you. You are the sum total of your relationships, good or bad. You are who you are and where you are because of relationships in life. And so we need to know that. And whether it's a relationship as an individual, relationships as married couples, or relationships as families, or your kids' relationships, they are huge. And so this is, a, this is of utmost importance for us to understand some of these things uh, today. Now, there is a little tension with this because we've had good experiences and bad experiences. We've had uh, bad relationships. We've had ones that have caused hurt, pain, and brokenness, and we tend to live out of that. I understand that. And because of that, many of us really have come to the conclusion that all we really need in life is God. Now, I can understand that thought process, but it's faulty. We do need God, but God set it up in a way that not only do we need him, we need each other. God created relationships, so we'd have it with him, but have it with others. In fact, the more relationship we develop with him, the more we will engage other people. 
And so you can't get close to God without getting close to other people. That's just the outflow from a relationship with God. It's loving other people. But again, we have hurts and, and we understand that it becomes too risky, too hard. There's too great a cost and sacrifice. So we think we just need to take care of me or maybe just my marriage or maybe just my family. And um, you know, so we create these holy huddles, if you will. And my best example, and if I would have thought this through, I maybe would have got the example for you to put on the screen, but how many of you have ever seen the movie The Crudes? It's like my favorite movie, and I know it's a, it's a little embarrassing, but I'm okay, and uh, I'm okay to say that. It's animated, I know that, but at the beginning of the movie, it's this cave family, caveman family or whatever, and the dad is obsessive with just protecting that family, so what he did is isolated himself from everything else, and ultimately, it was another young man that came on the scene that really saved their life, and so the reality is for you and I, we can't just get us ourselves in a cave and block it with a big rock and say, this is all we need. That's contrary to the word of God. In fact, many of us think that's okay with just God, but God wants you to engage in life with other people. And really the way to experience life has gotten to the full is through the context of relationships. We cannot be just self-focused. It doesn't help. In fact, it will hurt you in the end because we need others. If you don't believe me, take the word for it. Ecclesiastes, let's take a look. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter four, verse eight says this. There was a man all alone. Say all alone. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. He couldn't get peace. He, he, he was unfulfilled. He was not satisfied. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. And so because we don't want relationships at times, we look for it in other things. And this says that you will never find satisfaction or fulfillment in other things that you will find in relationship. It is impossible being alone to be satisfied with life. And that's a godly principle here. And that's what it says in the scripture. And that's what it's talking about in this scripture. You were designed to be in relationships. You will not find satisfaction or contentment focusing on other things. So we need to get relationships right. And there's plenty to say in the scripture. And so none of us understand this can handle life all by ourselves. And that is one of the things that really is a hindrance to relationships. We think we can handle life all by ourselves. Men especially think we got this. I don't need anybody. We got this. It's mine. I can do this. I can take care of this. We don't need anybody. I heard a great story about Muhammad Ali. He was on an airplane going to another fight. And so he got in and he's real arrogant, real cocky and rightfully so. And he walked in as he does and real flamboyant and he sat down in his seat in first class and he didn't buckle up. And the stewardess came by and said, sir, you need to put on your seatbelt. And he looked at her and said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she looked at him real quickly and kindly and she said, Superman don't need an airplane either. Buckle up. (laughs) Hey, we need other people, right? I don't care who you are. We need other people. Some people would say this. I'm just shy. I understand that. I'm shy. I don't make friends easy. It's too hard for me to connect. I pick up the phone, go. I'm really kind of an introvert. And can I just say this with all the love I can? I understand that, but get over it. You're going to have to. I don't mean that insensitive, but you're going to have to push through. We can't use those excuses that keep us from fulfilling and doing what God has for us. Is it hard? Absolutely it's hard. Is it awkward? Yes. Is it risky? You better believe it. But it's best for you if you have solid relationships. Some people would be afraid. That's another pushback. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to connect. I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, what does that mean? Can I say this, especially in the Christian world, because there are some weird Christians. I mean, we got some crazy stuff. We don't know what to expect. All I hear Pastor Don saying is get in a life group, get in a life group. It's where you're going to meet people. It's where you're going to meet friends. If you've never been to a life group, that can be a little intimidating. Because I don't know what you think you're going to walk into someone's house with all this weird stuff going on, right? I'm walking in, the whole family's praying in tongues. I don't know what's going on. And they're serving Kool-Aid, you know. (laughs) 
They got a circle of chairs set up in the room with one chair in the middle. I know that's for me. I know. It's for the new guy. I'm going to have to sit in the middle of a chair in the room and I'm going to have to confess all my sins or they're going to lay hands and cast the devil out of me. It's so many crazy things. And the enemy will try and bring crazy things into your mind. What will happen? And can I say they're not really like that? Not all of them. <laughs> no, they're not like that at all. Pastor Dave does a good job training and equipping our life group leaders because we understand the value and the importance of that. And here's the worst thing, and I hear this all the time, are they going to ask me to pray? <laughs> what if they ask me to pray? Have you ever been that? Maybe you've done that before and you've been in, at the end, let's all stand in a circle and let's pray. And they do the squeeze the hand prayer, right? You ever been there and one person prays, squeeze the hand, it goes on to the next one. I hate that. I hate that. When that comes to me, someone squeezes one hand, I immediately squeeze my other hand all the way. I send it right on around, baby. I'm not... I don't pray. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, there's just weird stuff sometimes that goes on. But anyway, so, uh, you know, so I thought to try and take some of the intimidation out of that, if you ever get in that environment, I really want to help you. I, I, so I wrote a prayer for you. And this will work every time, I promise. And so I want you to memorize it. So I want you to repeat each phrase after me. I wrote this just for you to help take some of the intimidation away so you won't be awkward in those moments and you'll get engaged with people. So repeat these phrases after me. And then this is yours. You can use it. It'll work every time. God is good. God is great, time to go, it's getting late, amen. It just, you don't, you don't need anything else, and it will work. My point is, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk, because we need solid, healthy relationships in our life to do all God's called us to do. So what am I going to get there? Well, you won't get judgment, not in ours. You won't get, uh, you know, criticism, what will you get? You'll get people that love you. You'll get people that will pray for you. And I wrote this down. You'll get people that'll say, me too. And I thought, do you ever remember? I remember turning 40. I'm just not that much beyond the 40 mark and stuff. But I remember 40. Everything started changing for me in 40. It was harder to get up out of bed. I might start, my bones started creaking a little bit. My joints started creaking a little bit. I used to be able to drink like five gallons of water and go all day without having to go to the bathroom. Can I tell you, if I take a sip out of the water fountain, I got to find the restroom? I was like, how does that... You know what? And at night, oh, you hear this? Oh, I can't drink, drink caffeine after seven o'clock. I'll be up all night. It didn't used to be that way. But you know when you start talking to your friends that are the same age, don't you hear? Oh yeah, me too. Me too. That happens to me too, right? Oh, I've been there. Can I say the life groups that we have here are me too life groups? So when you walk in there and you start talking about challenges in life, they're not going to judge you. Well, I hate it for you, man. You're messed up. They're going to say, me too. Been there, done that. Oh man, I know what you're talking about. Hey, you know what I did to get through that? Man, we got Me Too life groups here. Why? Because we understand the value and significance of solid relationships. And we need to be able to be those kind of people. Can I just say this? This is not a perfect church. It does not have perfect people. It does not have perfect marriages. It does not have a perfect pastor. It's not. So let's just quit playing church and let's just be real and do life together and have, build some solid relationships. Amen? That's what it's all about. I need a place where I can get mad and I can be a mess. I can say I'm mad and I can be a mess and it'll be okay. What keeps us from relationships? Past experiences are hindrances sometimes. And I know that there's some pretty rough, tough past experiences. I know that there's some real hurts from that. Friendships, divorces. When you experience a hurt relationally in your life, understand something. I want you to really understand this point, this truth. When you experience hurt in a relationship in life and the devil has come in and brought strife and division and hurt, he wasn't doing it just to break that relationship up. He was doing it to hinder every relationship you may ever have. And some of us have allowed the hurt, and I'm not being, trying to be ugly, some of us allow that hurt to keep us from good, healthy, life-giving relationships and will unless we find a way to deal with that. 
And then how you'll find a way to deal with that? Relationally. How do you deal with broken, hurtful, bad experiences of relationships? Relationally. And so don't let the enemy keep you from solid relationships that will help you become all God wants you to be in your life. And so I want you to invest in relationships. Um, we need to look past beyond those things and God will heal us and let's move on. Uh, some of us won't invest in relationships because we're too busy, there's no time. And the truth is if there's anything, anything else we need to cut out, we need to cut it out to have time for relationships because that's how significant they are in our lives. First Peter 4, 7 through 11 says this, the end of all things, the end of all things is near. The coming of Jesus, we're getting closer to the last days, the end times. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. What's the next one say? Above all. Say above all. Just a tip instead of in the Bible, if you read the words above all, pay special attention to what's going to follow. If the Bible says above all, something extremely important is coming. And here's what it is. Love each other. Say each other relationally. We're talking love each other. We're talking about relationships deeply and love them. How deeply? Get into those relationships because love covers a multitude of sin. That means this, that love covers a multitude of sin. People protect you. They help you. They cover a bunch of bad things that happen in your life. People watch your back. We need that. We have to have that. Um, Offer hospitality, relationship to others without grumbling. We need that. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, relationship, as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Above all, we're still going on relationships. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves relationships, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, listen to that phrase, above all and in all things, God may be praise through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. What a powerful relationship passage of scripture here. Above all, in all things, the emphasis is here on relationships. So what do we need to do to make some relationship decisions? Number one, nurture your important relationships. Nurture your important relationships. We have some critical relationships in life we need to work on. For me, God gave me uh, some critical relationships. I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a pastor. I need to work on those and I need to make sure that I'm spending and investing the time I need in those relationships. We all have critical relationships. And listen, you can't just leave them alone. And we've all been there, but here's what experience tells us. Anything left alone never stays the same, it deteriorates. I'll just come back and it'll be the same. No, it won't, it'll deteriorate. We all need to, myself included, invest, nurture important relationships. Every great relationship happens on purpose. Uh, When the Bible talks about relationships, it uses the body analogy. We're all part of a body, a hand, a foot, an eye, an ear. We're all like body parts. The Bible says you are connected to each other. Colossians 2.19 says this, the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. It's talking about connecting parts, ligaments and sinews. It talks about that's what helps us grow. All that to say, you focus on the connecting points and strengthen them, our relationships. It's the same in our natural body. In our natural body, we call it exercise. Well, some call it torture, but we call it exercise. It's what it is to be. Nutrition, taking care of your body. If you take care of it, your body, and the connecting points, you live longer, you live better, you live happier, you live more fulfilled. If you don't, you don't. So what you do is strengthen it. And here's the thing, 
if you know nutrition and, and exercise, you strengthen it before it breaks. That's why you're working on it. That's why I'm trying to be healthy so it's going to break down later. Hey, it's a body analogy. It's the same in the body. You work on those relationships now so they don't break. But the tendency is we don't invest time into them until they break. And that's the human nature. And that's just the natural thing that we do. But we can't do that. We've got to change that mindset. So what you do is strengthen it before it breaks. You fix yourself before you need fixing. You fix your marriage before it needs fixing. Hey, you don't go to Married for Life because you want to fix your marriage. You can. I encourage you to do that. And listen, don't walk by Married for Life if you're walking by there. They had 110 people last week in there. And it's not like, boy, those 110 people, I'm sure glad in there. And they must need some help in their marriage. No. You know what? Probably chances are most of them are in there so they don't need help in their marriage later. Come on. So we need to work on that ahead of time. It's good to get in there. What are people going to think when I'm in there? Who cares? Number one. But you know what they should think? They think you're doing some things so you won't have a breakdown later. Well, we have Wednesday night classes. We have a Wednesday night class for that as well. So you need to get engaged in those things. Uh, Listen, dads, moms, work on your relationship with your kids now. Don't wait till something goes wrong. Work on it now. Spend time with it. Nurture it. Um, Do it now before it breaks. I want to encourage you in that. All of us can do that and spend time on that. Number two, restore your broken relationships. Restore broken relationships. There are some broken ones needing to be restored. And me just saying that brought up some things, and you know the ones they are. And probably not some very wonderful feelings, probably some hurts. Some of you are feeling the pain of that right now just by me mentioning that. I understand that. But let me say this. The pain of unresolved conflict is greater than the pain of resolving it. The pain of unresolved conflict is greater than the pain of solving it. I wrote this down too. There is grace to restore. There is not grace to ignore. There is grace to restore, but there's no grace to ignore because God wants things restored. This is just about doing your part. Understand, this is about doing your part because you don't know how the other person is gonna respond and you're not responsible for the other person. And most painful relationships that have been hurt and broken like that, maybe most of them won't come back around like you'd hope or think, but you're not responsible for them, you're responsible for you. Romans 12, 17 through 18 says this, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now listen to 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. You're responsible for you. Resolving conflict is a choice. And it reminds me of a story of a couple that celebrated 50 years of marriage. They had a big get together to celebrate. That's an amazing accomplishment, 50 years. And so at their celebration, they had someone ask the wife, the bride, asked her, well, how did you manage 50 years? You must have had to experience some things. And she said, well, I made a decision. I had a decision to make when I got married, and I made a decision that I would make a list of 10 of his greatest faults, and I would overlook those 10 for the sake of our marriage. And someone's piped up and said, well, what are those 10? Will you share that with us? What were the 10 on your list? And the wife responded, I never made that list. Every time he did something, I said, lucky for him, that's on the list. (laughs) Right? But wouldn't it be great if we lived that way? Wouldn't it be great? It's a good thing that that's one of the 10. It's a good thing that that's on the list. Lucky for you, I'm not hanging on to that one. That's one I'll let God take care of because I'm not going to hang on to it. You know what? We would all be happier. Number three, sever any harmful relationships. Sever. Wow, this is a tough one. Sever, sever harmful relationships. Some of you are in harmful relationships right now. Some of your kids are in harmful relationships right now and you've allowed it to go on far too long. And can I say this? I said this in the parenting one last week. 
you choose your friends. You choose your, your kids' friends. They're not qualified to do that. They hadn't been on the planet long enough. They're not experienced enough. And young people, you have to just trust your pastor on this one. I know the pushback on that. But your parents are supposed to look out for you. And so, but I would say this to the young people, that you need to sever some relationships and not wait till your parents get on you about them. Right? You need to sever some and not wait for your parents to get on you about them. You need to eliminate some things. Maybe a relationship, work, school, whatever it looks like. And so, let me say some things in love right here, but as your pastor, I need to say them. Anything outside of God's word is not going to be blessed. Anything outside of God's word is not going to be blessed. Whatever it is, God will not bless anything outside of his word. And when we do things outside of his word, we position ourselves outside of the blessing of God. That's not, thus saith Don, that's thus saith the scripture. So there's things relationally that we are missing because we are allowing and they happen outside of God's word. And again, I'm not here to judge anybody. I want to share the truth in love so that we can make decisions that will help better our life and be all that God has called us to be. So sometimes we have things like people living as married but not married. And I understand I've heard all the discussion and things about that. My only comment is let's look and see how we can get that in order, in line in order with the word so God's greater blessings can come on our lives. Amen? And so no judgment here. Let's just get things in line with God's word. And let me say this in light of the world that we live in today and things that have recently happened. Same-sex relationships are outside of the word of God. And so we need to get things in line with the word of God. And there's many other things. Unequally yoked. We'll look at that scripture in just a moment. So understand we're only looking at the uh, necessity of getting our life in line with God's word, not in line of pleasing man or man's legislation or anything like that. This is about God's word being active in our lives. Amen? So that's what we're looking at. Oh, he still loves and, and he's already judged sin, but you want to walk in his blessing, then line things in your life up with his word. So let me say this, sir, if you're around that perverted guy at work that always has to make an inappropriate sexual joke or comment, you need to walk away. You need to walk away. Young people, if you're hanging out with, and I don't know if this would be embarrassing to my kids when he says, if you're hanging out with a potty mouth, I don't know how else to say that. If you're hanging out with a potty mouth, then you need to walk away. Don't fill your ears, your, eye, your mind with that stuff. Don't do that, people that talk that way. Ma'am, if you're hanging around somebody negative, talking bad, gossiping, talking about your husband, stop it. Walk away. Don't be around that stuff. You know, those are relationships that you need to really seriously look at severing. And let's look at Proverbs uh, 27, 19, it's so important. As water reflects your face, so your mind shows what kind of person you are. And so what this is really alluding to in other translations will say, what will reflect your life is what you're doing, what you're, who you're hanging out with. Your friends ultimately will be a reflection of who you are. If we're evaluating ourselves and our life based on those around about us, we have some decisions to make probably. And it'll be hard, but it'll be worth it because we need the right relationships in our life to do all that God's called us to do. Let's look at Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffer harm. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Now yoked, the word yoked here means common fellowship. Do not have common close fellowship. It doesn't mean blow them off and whatever, you know. Pray for them, uh, share the love of Christ with them. But it says, don't have common fellowship, intimate relationship with them. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Nothing. Or what, fellow, what fellowship can light have with darkness? None. So listen, young people, some of you need to make some decisions. And again, you don't need your parents to have to make them for you. You should make some of those. We need to get our life in line with the word. Amen? And let me give you the last one, number four, that will help you in relationship decisions. 
and help the side show be better. Number four, initiate some meaningful relationships. Initiate them. And when I say that, when I say initiate, it means you may not have them yet, but you need to have them. You need to pursue them. You need to get them in your life. Hebrews 10.25 says this. Do not give up meeting together. Another translation, not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day, capital D, when Jesus comes, the return, approaching. He's coming, time's getting shorter, we need to be more diligent and purposeful with our relationships. They will make a difference in our lives. So if you're, what that means, if you don't have these meaningful relationships yet, you need to initiate them if they do not exist in your life. If you don't have them, make sure they happen. Okay, number one, let me give you this. You need a relationship with a church. Pastor, you have to say that. I don't have to say it, but it's important, it's necessary. And listen, it's not just going to church. Do you realize going to church and having a relationship with your church are two different things? That's a big difference right there. And too many people are just going to church. Listen, we're talking relationship. We're talking about blessing and benefiting you and your family and all the things that church helps provide you that are necessary for life. You need a relationship with the church. And let me say it this way. It doesn't have to be this church. <gasps> what if a whole bunch of people leave now? That's okay, because it's the truth. God all right, how are we how are doing? Okay, let's all thank our guys back there. Man, what a tough job that is. They do a good job. We appreciate those guys. Thank you. Whatever it was, I didn't do it, Carson. I promise I didn't touch anything, but anyways. We need to have a relationship. And listen, you can't, you can't church hop. And it doesn't have to be this church. I'm confident enough that God's gonna continue to bless and he puts people in places. This may not be the place for you. That's okay, no hard feelings. But listen, get in that place so you can have a relationship there. Because the Bible says those that are planted, relationship, being nurtured and growing in the house of the Lord, those people will flourish. And so, listen, I just wanna say that, that if it's not this church, hey, I think this is a pretty good one, but if it's not this one, man, we can help you find one, but you need to have a relationship with the church. It's gonna help and be a blessing to you. Um, we need to get in a relationship with a small group, a small group. You're gonna hear me, tell us all you do is talk about small groups, exactly, and you'll hear me always do that, all the staff, because they are vital for your growth and for your life. We need a relationship with a small group, and they're launching now. You can go to the Connect Center and you can get information on those. They're launching now. It will change you. You'll get encouraged. You'll get strengthened. You'll get prayer. You'll get support and you need it. Will it be awkward when you first go? Absolutely it will. Will, 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 you, will you feel funny when you first go? Yes, at first, but they may end up being some of your best friends in life when it's all said and done. And it's worth the risk. You need a relationship with a team, with a team. Everybody needs to be on a team. Everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Why do we need to be on a team? Number one, teams are fun. Teams are fun, engaging with other people to accomplish something. But listen, teams allow us to produce more with our life than we will ever produce alone. Teams allow us to produce more with our life than we ever will alone. You have limited production doing life alone, but if you get on a team, a technical team, a nursery team, a music team, a worship team, an usher team, a greeter team, a children's team, a cafe team, an outreach team, a, a fall fest team, listen, then you can accomplish more than you ever could by yourself and it is fulfilling and it is fun. You need a relationship with a team. We're starting the growth track. The growth track started today. You saw the announcement. We have three more classes. You can find out how to get plugged into the teams here. There's a class that'll help you discover your gift. Get engaged. And, and let me give you the last one, the most important one. You need a relationship with God. And that's the obvious one, 
but it needs to be reiterated over and over and over again. You need a personal relationship with God. See, you don't need religion. We're not here just to go through the motions. We're not here to fulfill some kind of religious obligation. You need to be in a relationship with God. And you know what? You should be blown away by that idea. It just, it overwhelms me sometimes to think about the God of the universe wanting a relationship with me. And I know me. And he still knows me and he still wants a relationship with me. And that should blow us away. He wants to love you, know you, talk to you, you talk to him, engage with him. And really that's the message of this church. That's the message of the Bible, relationship with God. Know God. He has already shown you love in an unconditional way. We can look at the cross, the work of Jesus. He's already paid the price to have relationship with you, friendship, close, personal, intimate. All you have to do is love him back. That's all. All you have to do is respond to the love he's already initiated. All you have to do is respond to the unconditional, overwhelming, couldn't come from anywhere else, nothing you could ever do or earn, love that God has for you. God is a good God and a faithful God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.